Welcome, everyone, to episode one, our very first book report with Rach and Allie. I'm Allie. And I'm Rach. And we are so excited that you're here joining us, learning to podcast, trying to podcast (laughs) about all of our favorite books. (laughs) Yeah, we love books. We love talking to each other about books. And it seemed like for a long time, we were the only people in our crew that Mm -hmm. liked the same kind of books. Mm -hmm. And it was just really fun to talk about what we were reading. And this actually has been a podcast that has been almost a year in the making. Oh, Oh, over a year in the making. Because Allie and I live in the same neighborhood in Nashville, Mm -hmm. Tennessee. A neighbor got engaged to a friend of ours, and we invited ourselves on her bachelorette party. Yes, we did. And uh, not only did we invite ourselves on her bachelorette party, we also brought all of our favorite spicy fantasy books. Yes, we and did. told I struggled in packing because I went on a <laughs> library checkout spree and That's then the had worst. to fit them all in my giant suitcase. And then I actually struggled to get my carry-on up over my mm-hmm. head. It was already a heavy suitcase. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't get it up over my head and I had to get, I had to ask some random dude to help me get it down. So that's the problem with fantasy series is there's, you can't read one. There's no, I mean, there are, but that's not the ones we brought. Of course we brought a series that had five books in them. Yes, of course. And we knew we'd finish Mm -hmm. two on the trip. So you have to bring three. Yes. Or four. But on that trip, we were sitting on the beach in hammocks in, in Mexico. Yeah. um, At a resort. And just, if we had a podcast, what would we talk about? And it would just be what we talked about yeah. all the time. I just want an excuse mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. from a BFF to come over, walk have over. a cocktail, walk over, have a cocktail, and talk about the books we're reading. Mm-hmm. And it's more fun when you're both reading the same book. We're hoping that other people enjoy the same thing. If not, that's fine. Rach will still come over and we'll have our <laughs> cocktail and talk to ourselves <laughs> and record it. But the hope is other people Other people at least are interested. One or two of you out there. And the hope for our podcast is we want to chat through the books we finish, highlight books with people of color that are the authors and characters in these books. I just want to spend time with Allie and we Mm -hmm. want to foster a community of kind people that can talk with us about the books. Yeah. So we're really, really excited. Of course, the book that started this for us... (laughs) Is nothing like the book we're going to talk it's about today. It's nothing like what we're going to talk about today. We have told you we were reading fantasy series. I was reading A Curse So Dark and Lonely, the Curse Breaker series. Rach was reading what I quickly hopped on very soon after, which is A Court of Thorns and Roses. We, so that's, so that's did, kind of what started it. A picture of, so the other girls that were friends first. I mean, I think I said we invited ourselves, and we truly did. Oh, yeah. Unashamedly. Um, I still don't have any shame about that. No, it was one of the best decisions of our lives. But the other girls were all sharing a room, and Allie and I were sharing a room. So we both have our own separate beds in this resort. And mm-hmm. as I'm reading A Court of Thorns and Roses, you could just hear me gasp. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to read you this sentence, and I need you to react. <laughs> and we had and did I quite... A fun time. I'm. Not, I wasn't a spicy book reader before that book, so I'm mm. really awakened my senses. Oh, oh! <laughs> I'm an elder in my elder thirties, and a lot about sex. I didn't know until then. 
yeah. I even convinced my husband to listen to the series on audiobook. And I I will share this one day because it is too it's good so not to share. We also have security cameras in this house that he's working on. And Allie and her husband are real estate moguls here in Nashville. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're working on a house. And we... My husband is a realtor, so if you ever need a realtor, <laughs> Nashville got one for you. Sneak into our DMs. Um, but he's working on this house, and he's listening to it on audiobook, which <laughs> I love the series. I couldn't listen to it on audiobook, no. probably. And I have so many recordings of him reacting to the spicier scenes that is just solid gold. <laughs> it's so funny watching him. It's like hammering and working on this house, and all of a sudden you see him stop. And you hear what they're saying, and you can just see him cracking up. Uh, it's very funny. <laughs> to those of you that have never read the series but want to, we've got good news for you. Yes, we do. Because this episode is dropping on the first day of summer. And on Instagram and TikTok, we are releasing our summer mm-hmm. season of books. So we won't release all of our episodes at one time, but we'll release all the books we're going to read this summer. And... Our podcast is going to be seasonal. So in the fall, mm-hmm. we'll release or tell you all the books we're going to read in the fall season and we're going to talk about. So if you want to read with us, great. If you want to read a book later, you can find the episode of the book you just read and catch up with us. But we're really excited about the summer season. And that all leads me to believe that we're going to conclude our summer season with yes, the entire up to this point, A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Yeah, so, so excited. So if you we'll stay with us, that. you'll be able to hear our embarrassed giggles. Yes. And, and funny stories about that series. The books aren't all fantasy. No matter what you are reading or into, I'm sure there'll be some stuff you like. Mm-hmm. We read a ton of different things and genres. So case in point, this first book is completely uh, left turn from <laughs> – our series of yeah. a court of what started this yeah yeah the genre i feel like we turned to fantasy because the that was in 2021 mm-hmm. and it felt like things were kind of coming out of the pandemic and then you quickly realized they weren't and i didn't want to face reality I yeah didn't want so we turned to fantasy and it felt really good to just forget about yeah what life was like in the real world for so. sure do you want to talk a little bit about ourselves before we jump into yeah. our Ooh. first book? Ooh, okay. Like, what what, what mm-hmm. do people want to know? I don't even know what to say about. So you're Allie. I'm Allie. You're a... Maybe you do my bio. Okay, I'm going to do, do your bio and you do mine. Okay, I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay. Your name is Allie and you have a different hair color a lot of the time. When I met you, you were blonde. Yes. And... We met on a almost like a blind date. I met Allie in college, <laughs> and I was living in Florida at the time. And I met Allie through a mutual friend at the college she was going to in Nashville, and went home. It was around when Facebook was becoming mm-hmm. a thing, and there was no like rhyme or reason to who you added on Facebook. It was just anyone you. Met. I met you today. Yeah. We're friends on Facebook, and so Allie and I reconnected when my husband and I. Moved into her neighborhood, mm-hmm. and she pursued me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure did. But Allie is 
one of the kindest people I know. She's so thoughtful. She has two sons that are the freaking raddest. (laughs) Um, She and her husband adopted her sons around the same time I had a baby. We entered parenthood around the same time. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of kismet because I feel like having friends in a season of life that you're experiencing is really helpful Mm -hmm. to getting through it. Um, But her sons are rad. Her husband's a realtor. And we are constantly competing on pay, which is fun uh, way, not like actual competing. But <laughs> no, we like encourage in like each a other and salary transparency. Mm-hmm. We're both working. I feel like that wasn't. If you're a female, that's discouraged in most oh, places. Yeah. And Allie was the first person where I felt like, okay, this is how much I make. How much do you make? How do you get more? How do I get more? Like, well, how, how do, do I do ask? This? How do I do this? And it, she was the first person that I we yeah. work together to. Push we have each very other. different jobs, but it's still yeah. great to talk about. I work in tech. I work um, in real estate. Yeah. The boring kind, not the residential kind. <laughs> so Allie has the craziest, coolest life. She is good at a multitude of things, even though she just she works in tech. So she makes her money through tech. But she has a freaking awesome garden. She takes on new hobbies, <laughs> depending on what re- is required of her in life. So they're flipping a house. So she's good at laying tile. She's oh, yeah. needs to set up an Airbnb. So she's good at... XYZ, plumbing, fixing plumbing. I love your grit. Thanks, thanks. I'm trying to think. I feel like I've not – she inherited her grandfather's Jeep. I tell that story all the time. It's one of my favorite stories about you. You I love and your red Jeep. Jeep. It's something Yeah, I have I a 97 like. Jeep Wrangler. I love it so much with my whole heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a killer car. And she camps with her family. Yeah, we camp a lot. Yeah. All right. Tell all me right, everything so I missed. Rachel's turn. Nothing? No, I feel okay. like you did a great job. Okay. I That covers it. Feel very well known. Mm-hmm. So yes, Rach and I, we met in college. I definitely pursued her and will say the <laughs> what made me realize we were going to be friends was that I didn't feel like I completely freaked her out. Now her husband, another story. Maybe I freaked, <laughs> we freaked him out. But I was just, we're going to be friends. We're neighbors. We ha- I know you moved into my neighborhood. We have to be friends. Didn't freak her out at all. In fact, before we actually met up, once she moved into the neighborhood, she left a fresh baked loaf of bread in my mailbox in like a nice dishcloth with a cute note. I that always is, forgot I did that. That was so nice of That me. is Rach to a T. Very <laughs> hospitable. Everything is just welcoming you walk into her house and you feel it smells so good my boys even talk about it sometimes they'll smell like whatever oil you use in your diffuser and they think it smells like your house i'm not a weirdo i swear i love essential oils they smell good your house smells great i tried to sell them to you i swear to god (laughs) i just love them so yeah very hospitable when i think of rach i think welcoming hospitality you walk in and you're like i can be at home here Always up for fun. Again, I feel like I can't scare you away. I could mm-hmm. ask. You'll tell me no if you don't want to do something. That takes a be... good friend to do. Yeah. Like it's an honest friendship where you're like, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. I love you. I just don't know. Rach is also just classic. Always looking so cool. <laughs> so such Basic. Like a classic. No, but I do love that one time someone called you that and you thought it meant classic. I did. I thought it was a compliment. (laughs) I thought it was a compliment. Um, No one's ever called me that. No, very classy looking all of the time. She has a son who is four. And our kids, again, we were each other's 
pod, I guess you'd call it during the mm-hmm. pandemic for sure. So our kids have just always known each other there, despite the difference in age. Mm-hmm. They're very close. My kids definitely, they call her Aunt Rachel. They actually call me Rachel. Rachel. So my children are from Burundi. And for the longest time, I didn't realize they were calling her Rachel until my son tried to spell it one day. And so now we call her Rachel sometimes. Mm-hmm. She's like a second mom. And she just gives off those, like, everyone's welcome. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone belongs vibes, which is great. Does not also, have different color hair every two seconds like I do, but she does no, let never. me color her hair. Yes, you're the only one that can color my hair because you're cheap. And As in free. You do, do you do a job? <laughs> you didn't say that my dream came true today. I would like you to share oh. how my dream came true today. You helped in it. The hot tub? Yeah, I dream small. <laughs> okay, so Rach has wanted a hot tub for a very, 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 very long time. Every day of my life. Every day of her life, she's wanted a hot tub. And, you know, all that salary transparency has mm-hmm. paid off. And old girl got her a hot tub delivered Above today. Ground hot tub. <laughs> like a, pl- would you call it a plug and play hot tub? I called it a plug. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and we all went and helped move it. And speaking of her being hospitable, we go to move this hot tub that is not hard. It took us 30 seconds. And she supplies us all with drinks and dinner for doing so and I get to take advantage of the hot tub so win 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 on the hospitality there it it was hard to leave it I think my husband is setting it up right now (laughs) so it'll be hard to leave it tomorrow yeah yeah not even though it's 100 degrees outside don't care (laughs) can you just turn turn on on the heat heat? yeah Yeah, we can put the bubbles on okay oh that'd be fun Mm -hmm. yeah so that's a little bit about us we hope everyone feels welcome here and is excited to join us do we want to go into the flow, the cadence, anything anyone needs to know about that? Or So we're going to have a weekly podcast. If there's a series, there's a chance we might put all the books out at one time. We might separate them by the weeks. We'll decide how to do it as we go through it. But for each book, we'll give you the book title, a little bit about the author. Whoever chooses the book will give a summary mm-hmm. and... Then we'll just talk about what we loved about the book, what maybe we didn't like about the book, how it might relate to culture at the time. Mm -hmm. Just feel like the books we read, they have so much to talk about. And a couple of my favorite things that we're going to do for each episode are that we're going to put together a cocktail library. Mm -hmm. So for each episode, one of us is going to create a cocktail inspired by the book. And... We'll share on TikTok and Instagram yeah. the ingredients. So we thought that would be a fun addition to the podcast. And then the other thing we're going to do, which is probably what we're most excited about, is we're going to cast the yes. story. I um, love a good fan cast. I love mm-hmm. reading other people's choices. You're probably going to be disappointed in some of our choices, yeah, which is fine. Like, I'd love to chat with them. Sometimes when I google because i'm constantly trying to figure out someone's name you will this will be a common thread throughout the podcast is oh for sure forgetting someone's (laughs) name too okay they're in this movie well no no no, they're not in that movie they play this in this movie and it's going to be very annoying so we're trying to keep our phones off Mm -hmm. during the podcast so you're going to hear a lot of that because we refuse to google yeah and the other thing that we're going to try to do is we're going to trade back and forth books 
that we do. So I mm-hmm. picked this first book. Allie picked the next one. Yep. And so it could be a book we both read. It could be a book that Allie read and she really loved and she wants me to read, which is maybe the case for the next story or the next podcast because it's a book that you're going to choose. Yeah. And so it's the genres are might be all over the place and you might oh, see, yeah. oh, Allie likes these books, Rachel likes these books, but it, it really is a mixed bag. There's going to be yeah. something for everyone. And we hope you can go back through the seasons as you read books that maybe we covered that you haven't read and you can pick up an episode and listen to it and enjoy it. And you should probably not listen if you haven't read the book or don't want it to be spoiled. Mm-hmm. We will, we're not, we're not keeping ourselves from spoiling anything. It's going to be spoiler central. So yeah, probably want to read the book first or not care that we're going to spoil it. I never care if someone spoils. I don't either. It doesn't spoil the book or the TV show or whatever, but I feel like you're my only person that's ever felt like that. So yeah, I also spoil away. I'll, I'll walk. Yeah. I, sometimes I will, I've left a theater to go to the bathroom to Google what was going to happen in the movie because it's stressing me out so much and I can't enjoy the movie until I know the ending. So anxious people. Yeah. They got that anxiety going on. Everyone feels that. All right. So the first book for the book report podcast with Allie and Rach is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. (laughs) And... I made for us tonight a traditional sangria. Ooh, it's so good. It is my mom's recipe, and it's an homage to my favorite scene in the book, which was the picnic that Evelyn had when mm-hmm. she was her happiest with Harry Cameron and Celia St. James. And um, who was Celia St. James married to or dating at the time? So oh, I forget his name, but they were all, it was, I feel like that was the point in time when both yeah. of them were happy and there weren't many truly happy parts in this book. So for sure. I love that episode. Celia made it and brought it to this picnic and then everything went to shit. But <laughs> this book is about uh, an older or aging and super private movie star named Evelyn Hugo. She has offered the opportunity to interview her exclusively to an unknown writer named Monique Grant, who is a pretty prominent character in the book. She, Mm -hmm. I mean, she definitely probably the the parts about the book I love the most and kind of fell into were in Evelyn Hugo's life. But you do have this dual timeline going on of Monique Grant's life and with the older Evelyn Hugo and then younger Evelyn Hugo as she goes through yeah. life through her seven husbands. Monique has no idea why Evelyn has chosen her specifically to interview her. And even Monique's boss of this prestigious magazine is also confused. No Everyone's one has any very idea. confused. Yeah. As she spends time interviewing Evelyn and learning about her history in Hollywood and her infamous seven husbands, she learns that there is some truth Evelyn is hiding from her. And... She knows she's going to find out what it is, but she has n- no idea the the horror. Yeah. Really. I guess horror is the only way to say it. And sh- she knows this as she's interviewing her, but I feel like she starts to like Evelyn. So even though Evelyn has told her that you're going to interview me and then you're going to hate me. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe it. She doesn't believe it because she, yeah. I mean, she has no idea what's coming. And so that's, 
a brief synopsis and I read this book. I fell in love with this book. Mm-hmm. I felt like I fell asleep each night. I mean, it took me like three days to read because I wanted just to get away from the world that we're living in and fall into Hollywood with all of its glamour and martinis and the, oh, the sixties seemed so wonderful. Yeah. And she's, she's going through all, when she's doing the interview too, she's talking about each of her seven Mm -hmm. husbands and marriages. So she's, and it kind of goes on this timeline through the decades as well. Yeah. So you're, experiencing old Hollywood mm-hmm. and that's so in each decade for the podcast. I was doing some research on the author Taylor Jenkins Reid, And at the time when I read this, since, since I've read seven husbands of Ellen Hugo, I also read Daisy Jones and the six, which is the book she might be mm-hmm. most popular for, but she writes books that are well-researched in my opinion and she started this, I don't even know if it's a series or if it was on purpose, but it certainly seems that way. But she writes books a decade at a time, and they're all based in California. Mm. So Is she from California? She is. Okay. So she was a television writer with her husband. Interesting. But she's a writer now. And I mean, so the book that we read, The Seven Husbands of Hugo, takes place in 60s Hollywood. The next book she writes is Daisy Jones and the Six, and that takes place in 70s Los Angeles. And then the book she just released, Malibu Rising, is I think what it's called, takes place in 80s Malibu surf scene. Fun. So it seems like it would be there would be fun books to write. Yeah. The state you live in, all of those decades have a wealth of fun Mm -hmm. things to talk about. But I thought that was an interesting tidbit that. Yeah. I mean, even reading through the book, she had to do some kind of research into Hollywood sets and how they're paid and yeah. um, how studios interacted with actors at the time, which was really interesting. And I felt like I knew this from just a research in high school on different actors and actresses for school projects. But so movie studios would hire or put an actor, actress under contract and any movies they did would have to be under that studio. Mm, Whereas today, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think actors are all their free agents. The, they choose the projects they want. I think so. I For the assume. most part, unless they have a comic book series. Yeah. They're contractually obligated to play Aquaman for all of the movies. But like Paramount would hire Allie. Mm-hmm. And... They would have all of these movies, and you got to choose which one you wanted to be in, but it had to be under the Paramount umbrella. I remember that being true from my own research, but it was I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. way to do business, too, as, an, as a creative person. You would yeah. kind of try to fit a mold. And huh. the other thing I loved was these parallel stories of Monique and how her relationship with her husband was breaking apart, paired with this historical archive of Evelyn because Evelyn is telling her story to Monique in her seven husbands. So in order of each husband. So, which is what Monique wanted. That's the story people want to hear. And, you know, at, at 
at the end of every husband, you go back to Monique and she kind of talks about where she is in her relationship. And I thought that was interesting too. But mm-hmm. what did you think about the book? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, let me preface it by saying I did not hate the book. I yeah, liked it. I did not hate the book. I liked the book. I was also very into the world of Hollywood back then and got sucked into it. I read the first page and the way (laughs) the author described, so Monique is biracial. Mm -hmm. She's black and white. And the way she described her, I thought, is this a white person writing this? (laughs) Immediately, it just gave off those vibes. I am white, by the way. Rachel and I both are. Mm -hmm. It gave off those vibes. And I Googled it, and she was. And I just, I had a hard time getting past that. And then you bring in Evelyn, who's Cuban. And then Evelyn is bisexual. And then it's tackling race it's tackling lgbtq issues it's just tackling so much from someone who is white and straight and it was trying to speak to those issues Mm -hmm. it felt like it was trying to speak to them as an insider and it just wasn't and to Mm -hmm. me it felt that felt obvious when i was reading it and i just couldn't get past it and we've talked about this and the minute i asked her i was so excited after i told her to read it what do you think? And the look on her face. Like, <laughs> uh, I, you could just, the story told itself. <laughs> I just, it was trying to tackle so many things. And not just like this character is biracial or this character mm-hmm. is Cuban or this character is LGBT. That was the point of, that's the point of the whole story or all of these intersectional issues and, and, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I did read some interviews with the author. And she even seems to think that she should. She said she wouldn't. I can't remember the exact quote or interview. But mm-hmm. I remember her saying, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that again. Try to tackle all of that. Okay. Or write about an issue not being mm-hmm. um, from within that community or culture or whatever. Which I admired. And it, the other thing is it's not. I don't even know if I'm the right person to have an opinion on this, to be honest. But it felt like if it it is – so I don't read a lot of books with LGBTQ characters. So it's great to read something from that perspective and to have that on your bookshelf and to – that's what I initially Open your thought. mind. Like, oh yeah. my god, I've never seen this point of view before. To diversify your bookshelf, it's uh-huh. great. But then I just wish it was done by – LGBTQ authors or black authors or Cuban authors or, you know, mm-hmm. people who've kind of lived through these things. And even maybe if she just picked one issue, but it was a lot going yeah. on. So that it, it just, I couldn't get past it. And I think there's a lot, an interesting conversation to be had about that. The book itself is well written. The story is interesting. I mean, who doesn't want to read about old Hollywood? It does make you just want to drink a good martini, and sit around mm-hmm. in a bougie outfit. And, and be abused by a man. <laughs> not that. It did not make me want to do that. But it does make you want to – it does suck you in. It does suck you in. But it does yeah. an awful – yeah, she has some awful husbands. The – okay, so let's go through her husbands. So Ernie Diaz didn't have a ton of airtime. He was just the gateway to get out of her home into yeah. Hollywood. I felt 
pretty bad for Ernie. He seemed like a fine, okay guy. And she actually does say in the story she looked him up after the fact and he after she divorced him to he he had a child. He was whatever. Living so a normal life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Don Adler was her first Hollywood husband and probably her most famous. He comes back into the story at the end, but at first he was kind of the it man in Hollywood mm-hmm. and he definitely became an alcoholic towards the end. He was abusive. Yeah. He was an asshole. A little bit redeemed at the end of the story. We can talk about that later. But if you believe that everyone is redeemable, maybe you'll maybe you'll be a fan of Don Adler's arc story arc. Yeah. Mike Riva was an absolute garbage bag. Yeah, um, it's bad, bad, he bad. was the uh, rock star that she was trying to show the world that she was not bisexual or a lesbian and she didn't was not in love of Celia St. James, which at that point there had been like inklings of that mm-hmm. happening. And so she went to a Mike Riva concert and kind of in a gross way married him. It was not consummated her. the marriage. It was a really hard chapter to read. Yeah. It felt abusive from her perspective almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was mutual, super manipulative. I hated her telling that story. I did not like the Mike Riva chapter of her life. Then she marries Rex North, who is actually pretty great. Yeah. So Rex North was a popular Hollywood actor at the time. He was wanting to be coupled with someone I don't remember why, but it was in his best interest to be married to her. It was it was mutually beneficial, and I can't mm-hmm. remember why. And they they were not they may have been sexually attracted to one another, but they weren't sleeping together. They were just they married each other. They were in the same house. They were starring in movies together. But then he, she was able to keep dating and seeing Celia St. James, and mm-hmm. he knew about that. He kept her secret, and then he got another actress pregnant, mm-hmm. so they had to divorce. She then married Harry Cameron, who, which was, at the time, he was the absolute best human being. Yeah. And he'd been her best friend. Yeah, he'd Mm -hmm. been her best friend for ages. He was also gay. Also gay. He was probably when she was her happiest, she was married to him because he could be with his lover and she could be with Celia St. James. Mm -hmm. So... It was probably when she was happiest. They did have a baby together. Yes. Just kind of confused about it. It did not. It went into kind of the messy part of that happening. And I know <laughs> her girlfriend, St. James, was very was upset, but understood. Yeah. That was an odd interlude. It was, yeah. Uh, it was complicated. Mm-hmm. I thought about that way too much. It's like, so did they... <laughs> Yeah. Like how? How? Wait, what? How? What was that like? <laughs> it's not my business, but I thought about it too much. Max Gerard was, blah. He's yeah. the French director. She was in a m- movie of his that kind of brought her back as she was aging, mm-hmm. and she divorced Harry Cameron to marry him. And I don't know. He was kind of terrible. But that was the end of her terrible marriages. The last person she married was Robert Jameson, who was Celia St. James' mm-hmm. brother. And 
that so they could, you know, live the rest of their lives. And I believe it was Portugal or Spain. Yeah. One or the um, other. That she was able to spend the rest of her, Celia's life with her after Celia was diagnosed with cancer. And yeah. I So those are her husband's. Any takeaways from any of those relationships? There's, you, it does a very good job. The book does a, the author does a good job of presenting the complexities of humans and no one's Mm -hmm. all good and no one's all bad. Like you said, Don Adler kind of has a, like a redemption arc, Mm -hmm. even Evelyn Hugo, like you said, the Mike Riva chapter. Mm-hmm. You feel so bad that she can't just live freely and openly. and you Everything underst- would have been so much easier. Yeah, you understand why she's doing these things. But then she takes advantage of another person to get what she wants. Yeah. And over and over and over. Over and over. And it's – so – not necessarily about one person in particular, but just I, I do like the way you have sympathy for her, even when you don't agree with her decisions. Or you and I both said we don't have a lot of books on our shelves where mm-hmm. the main characters are bisexual or, you know, LGBTQ. And um, it did humanize the struggle of that era for people who weren't. Mm-hmm. heteronormative and the hoops people had to jump through just to be who they were is yeah it, yeah that was very enlightening and not something I had spent a lot of time enlightening myself on yeah um, so it was good to consume that I we Ali and I both grew up in pretty conservative yeah evangelical Christian homes and even if I I can speak for my parents, mm-hmm. my parents never spoke ill of people that were yeah, gay. Same. Um, definitely thought it was weird though. There was mm-hmm. no effort to understand. It was just thought of as like a weird lifestyle choice and forbidden by the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I, I I didn't spend much time trying to understand it. And so this book was one of, I mean, I've seen tons of shows and movies, and I'm a different person now than I was then. But this was the first book I read, and the main character, that was her perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'll so, stand by reading mm-hmm. is more of an intimate mm-hmm. act than watching TV or a movie yeah. to me. And you are spending a lot more time doing it and processing it. And mm-hmm. so I think it's good to to add things to your bookshelf from different perspectives than your own, for sure. Not just fairy perspectives either. <laughs> um, That's not what I mean when I yeah. say diversify your bookshelf. Does it mean to add some more fantasy characters? One scene that I really liked, and we are recording this in June, mm-hmm. so it is Pride Month. Yes. I never thought about that. We are releasing yeah. Yeah. this book in Pride Month. But there's a scene where you have Celia St. James – and her husband, and then you have Harry Cameron and Evelyn. And mm-hmm. They're all in New York, and the Stonewall riots are going on. Oh, yeah. And they are horrified because they're watching this happen, and they all want to go down and riot. And one comment, I don't remember who made it. It may have been Evelyn, because I feel like Celia was always the more emotionally 
charged reactor. And Evelyn had said, if we go down there, the attention will be on us and not, you know, the cause, the cause. And so they made this pact to, well, we are going to fund the mission. If if we can't be a part of it in person and be down there getting beaten up or protesting, then we're going to fund the mission. And I thought that was interesting perspective. Again, I have no insight into what it felt like to be gay in the 60s and 70s, but you wonder how many people experience that helplessness of yeah. either I'm not out yet and I'm not ready to be and I can't be out there on the front lines, but I feel like that makes it so much more mm, I've never thought like, about that heroic of the people that were. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't if you haven't ever read about the history of Pride and the Stonewall Riots, it was one of the most you know, – we all, I think, are going through this relearning of American mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you should be. <laughs> Where you realize – I feel like every day I say, well, how, how did I never learn that in school? Yeah. And that was a huge one for me. Just never – no one ever explained – the history of Pride Month or, you know, Stonewall Riots and what people were going through, what led to them, just the absolute madness and bravery around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting. If you haven't learned about it, you should. It's great. Also, I will say, if you're listening to this and you are thinking, wow, I can't believe they don't have more LGBTQ+. plus." books on their bookshelf or more books by people of color or, you know, biracial authors or Cuban authors, all of these things Mm -hmm. we've mentioned, and you have suggestions, please let us know. We would love to add more of that Mm -hmm. to our bookshelves for sure. So hit us up somehow. And this season, you will see it has yes lots of books by black authors and mostly women authors. But absolutely, we have not picked our fall seasons books yet so if you have a recommendation that you loved and you think we will love and would be fun to talk about send it our way yeah we'd love it so the, that reminded me i was reading this article about elliot page mm-hmm. do you know who that yeah. is okay so and he was talking about so elliot page was formerly and i'm gonna get a and i'll speak for myself here but if I get something wrong in the way I say it or maybe the terminology is wrong, please let me know. Oh, um, yeah. Same. Same. I'm, I have zero pride. I yeah. get embarrassed all the time and it, I, I recover quickly. I, I will speak for both of us. We'd mm-hmm. both rather risk having the conversation and being corrected sure. than like never yeah. trying to broach any of these subjects. So. Right. But so Elliot Page – was talking about his experience when he came up in Hollywood as Ellen Page and having to be portrayed as a woman. I mean, one of my favorite movies was Juno. Mm-hmm. I loved Juno. Yeah, same. I thought he was amazing in it. And the idea that he was encouraged to wear dresses instead of pants, just the idea of feeling uncomfortable in your own skin is nothing I would ever even imagine, like, I have no idea what that feels like. And reading his story was compelling and just so thought provoking, especially in relation to this book where you have 
this woman that has to portray something and the the links she will go to mm-hmm. to be keep her dream alive, keep maybe a life that she wants to seem she's having alive. And she has to fake all of this. And that's what Elliot Page was saying in this article. He's like, I have everything I ever wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not happy. And again, I don't want to speak for anyone from the LBGTQ community about Pride Month because I'm sure it is so special to all of you in different ways. But I feel like if anything, it's to show allyship however we make fun of how companies yeah are <laughs> cringy cringy during pride month um capitalize capitalism ruins it a little bit it a lot does, of it does but i mean to, to know that people think you are not a weirdo or that you are not a sinner or that that's the world yeah. that i grew up in where homosexuality was just demonized Mm -hmm. anything I can do to make people feel like they're loved and accepted and cherished it just it really hurt to read that article to think Mm. that this wonderful actor who is so talented and was in so much pain that was unrealized yeah as a viewer of all of the that consumed all of the things that he put out while he was trying to be someone he wasn't is yeah I feel like that makes me even better actor yeah yeah, um, interesting. But you have to send that article. Send me that article. Okay, it's so good. I think it was in. I'll I'll tag it. It it was. It was really good. It was hard to read, and just because he seemed so sad in yeah. a lot of his life, that in parts of his life that I really consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. interesting a different way. There's, I'm sure. I mean, I hope as society we're chipping away at things that are considered not normal and accepting yeah. them. I read this story. I'm like, it's so crazy. I hate that she was made to feel like she couldn't be, be accepted. For, yeah. yeah. Be honest with who she loved. And then Elliot is younger than us. Yeah. And he felt the same way. So just interesting. Before we cast, anything mm-hmm. you want to add? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot of it. And we surprisingly have not spoiled the very ending. Should we spoil it? <laughs> Feels like I we feel left like now it touched. <laughs> I don't know. I can't decide what we should do. So, um, spoil it. Spoil it. Okay. <laughs> I'm a spoiler. <laughs> spoil it. I feel like what I'm about to say should be really happy and great, but it's, it's pretty not. sad. So, at the very end of the story, and you know it's coming. You're, you know that feeling when you're reading a book Ugh. and you know it's about to happen. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to read the last page because I love spoilers and I like can't handle the anxiety and in the anticipation. I just hate it so much. But this story didn't allow me to do that. I tried no. it and it was like, no, that just doesn't make sense. Right, you, right. You really have to go on this terrible journey with Monique. But Monique is learning the story of Evelyn and she learns that when Harry Cameron was dating a black man in Hollywood, he had had too much to drink and got in a car accident in which he called her from, I think he called Evelyn. He called Evelyn. She showed up. He had been driving the car, but because he'd been drinking and the, his, 
lover had been killed, she moved her lover, sorry, Harry's boyfriend, if I say lover another time, it's going to feel weird, but (laughs) his boyfriend into the driver's seat and took Harry from the scene. Yeah. And all of this whole orchestration of Evelyn wanting to tell the story of her life, of Evelyn picking Monique, was all kind of culminating in this moment when she tells Monique that the man that died in that car accident that was moved to the driver's side was Monique's dad. Yeah. Monique never knew her dad was gay. I mean, she thought her parents were in a normal marriage. Mm-hmm. She remembers her dad as being a great dad, that he had gotten a car accident. I think she knew he died of drunk driving. Yeah, because he'd been drinking too. Mm-hmm. But you feel this rage building up in Because you loved Harry too. Yeah. This whole time you were duped mm-hmm. you into were... loving Harry. And... and it's this story that is, I mean, uh, like, I can't imagine having this piece of Hollywood history that is part of your own life that you never knew. Yeah. And you find out about this incident. It's about your dad. And also reveals this part of his life that you never knew. Yeah. And. Ooh. And then then you're like, I also found myself so mad at Evelyn for being so, so manipulative mad. again. Mm-hmm. You are an old ass lady and you haven't learned anything like Mm -hmm. don't be manipulative and drag this poor girl on this whole story to do a big reveal at the end that Mm -hmm. hey your dad had a secret life and i was complicit in hiding the fact that he was killed in a drunk driving Mm -hmm. at at her at the best at her best it was to set Monique up where she can make a ton of money yes 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 but i think the piece that's ignored is the actual heartbreak of yes feeling like this life that you thought you knew was actually not true she should have led with that and Mm -hmm. said i have something very horrible to tell you but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give you the opportunity to also make a ton of money i'm gonna let you make a choice with all your knowledge now that's a good mm -hmm, twist not give even with my kids i try to give them all of the facts before i ask them to make a decision because it's manipulative not to yeah it drives me crazy i mean i'm not a great mom i do try my best but one thing that my husband and i try to do is to never lie to our son and Mm -hmm. There's a story of Allie's husband that his mom never lied to him. Yeah. And she lied to him about, was it Santa? No, that he never did Santa because of that. Was it the knitting needle stabbing? Oh, that was his grandmother. So he did, his mother never, like, did not lie Mm -hmm. to them at all growing up about anything, no matter how hard it was. And he was with his grandparents, and he was leaning over to hug his great-grandmother, and he fell on her basket of knitting needles and got stabbed by a knitting needle at three years old, (laughs) four years old, something like that, and had to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I'm not going to the hospital because he's a child. Mm -hmm. And his grandmother instead says, well, what if we went to McDonald's? (laughs) And he says, great, let's go to McDonald's. And they drive right past McDonald's to a waiting ambulance. And he was... (laughs) So distraught that an adult would lie to him. That not an adult, the stabbing. Not the stabbing. He had to mm-hmm. stay in the hospital for 
a while. Like he legit got stabbed. And he was so distraught that a grown-up he trusted would lie to him. He could not fathom it. That's the kids I want to, I mean, Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But it is harder than you think not to lie to a child. Oh, my gosh. Because things would be so much easier if it's just like a tiny little lie. Like, I know. how many times a day I'm like, do not lie to your son. Do not lie to your son. Evelyn's out here just like, I know Monique is not her child. No. But just straight manipulating left and right. Mm -hmm. It just, Yeah. And I, again, to bring it full circle, first page, I thought this is by a white author, and it was. Last <laughs> few pages, the one thing she hasn't tackled is just the intersection of both race and homosexuality in a person. And so she just do- dives right into that in the end. And I thought, can you throw in anything else? I was so, yeah. Uh, it was a lot. But so we find out that all of this is because Evelyn is lived her life Mm -hmm. she has lost celia at this point she wants to tell her story in all of its truths yes and in some way she does want to set Mm -hmm. monique up because she feels bad and she wants to set her up to be a successful writer not just Mm -hmm. i'm going to donate all my money to you or something she Mm -hmm. wants to help her realize her dreams and get again no one's all good and all bad i get it and i have some sympathy for evelyn but also Man, stop being so manipulative. <laughs> yeah. So in the very end, she has a photo shoot with Monique's magazine. And mm-hmm. later that day, she dismisses her staff. And Monique, I don't remember if Monique found her or, but we do find out that Evelyn has killed herself. And that is the tragic tale of the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo Mm -hmm. it was fun to talk to you about it even if you didn't like it yeah no I I it's an enjoyable book it's not Mm -hmm. that I didn't and it it is a fun quick read it's a quick read it's neat yeah Uh for sure for all of its sadness and Mm -hmm. uh murky waters it dives into read yeah I mean I found myself not being able to go to sleep yeah I read it so fast because I wanted to find out what the secret was there's a lot of books when you find out what the secret is you're like, well, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. This one was a big deal. It was a big deal. I wanted to throw my book uh-huh. against the wall. And I didn't see it coming. And after I read what it was, I'm like, how did I not see I know, this same, coming? Same, same, same. That's um, why she was so obvious about uh, <laughs> yeah, <right> at the beginning. <laughs> so maybe my favorite part was casting. And yes. I want to make a preface about Rachel's casting. I will not cast a character I didn't see while reading it. There are characters as I'm doing research that I'm like oh my god everyone else casts this character and it's perfect and I'll tell you who that is but there's people that as you're reading you see yeah this person and it could be an age that they're not anymore mm-hmm. it could be yeah a young I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio whatever you want this is our podcast so we can do know, what we want if you can do better let us know we'd yeah. love to hear your thoughts but Ernie Diaz I did not have a person I, speaking of weird casting, great in who you picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, I meant to look up. I don't know the actor's Ooh, I name. I get to guess. Tell me, tell me, tell me. So, I pictured the dude from Greece, like the the character in Greece, and I cannot tell you why I pictured this person. I pictured uh-huh. Kinnicky. He's no not even idea Spanish. why. I 
can't tell you why. I didn't say it makes sense. It's just who I pictured. Okay. Well, we're going to post all of these, and your weirdo choices are going to be funny. I think it was... No, there. I have no rhyme or reason. It was just Kanuki. <laughs> so I it's a, what I'm telling you, some of mine are going to be just as outlandish. Yours makes sense. I'm not going to give any other answers because I think yours all are so good. Well, Don Adler, I went through a lot of people. I actually didn't see. The, the person I saw in my head was Don, uh, what's his name in Mad Men? Um, oh, John Hamm? John Hamm. That's who I saw the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as I was – so anyway, that's, that's who I initially vibes. cast. Yeah, he can be a good guy and a bad guy, like a charming guy. Who I feel like John Hamm does that better than no one else. James Marsden I thought would be a really good good guy for that, though. Agreed. Except uh, I've watched too much Sonic with my children, and so now he's just – Oh, gosh. He's in Sonic. He's in and Sonic, Sonic too. Ooh. And that's now who I picture him as, which is unfortunate mm. part of having children that you. Maybe he had children too and was like, I just want to be in a book or a movie my kids can see. Because oh, they can't see the notebook. <laughs> Mike Riva. I, this is another one where I didn't see anyone real. Like I saw who Mike Riva was in my head, but I couldn't think of a character that. Wait, wait, wait. Or an actor that was good for him. A lot of the internet says Harry Styles. No. Which uh, I hated, too. Don't, Harry Styles is perfect. Don't. He can not play mm-hmm. anyone remotely bad. Have you ever seen Dunkirk? He plays such I, an asshole <laughs> so well. Saw it but, in the theaters, I think, when we all had Movie Pass, mm-hmm, when that no was a same. thing. I think I saw Dunkirk. But all the movies One day I saw, we'll tell you the story of Movie Pass and how we went time, all in. What a time in life. Yeah. That was a great But season. I think maybe that I feel like that's when I saw it. Because all those movies just blend in. Mm-hmm. So, don't know. Well, he played a real asshole in that. He did a great job. I don't want him but to play I don't want him to. James Franco can be that person for me. That um, works. I think he'd do a good job. Rex North, I had as. <laughs> I love this one. Max Greenfield. God bless is the Max actor, Greenfield. But I felt like he would do such a good job. He's so handsome oh, and. Such a delight. Oh, so yes, nice. yes, 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 okay. yes. Love it. Um, Max Gerard. So I I had no idea. So I was looking through movies that had French or just foreign actors in movies that I'd seen. And I picked Oliver Martinez. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie with Diane Lang about cheating on your spouse. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, was that him? Yes. Uh-huh. I know what you're talking and about. And I thought he'd be so good at that. He's so handsome. And I don't actually think Max Gerard was that handsome. I don't remember him being that handsome in the book as being described that way. But Oliver Martinez is a very handsome man. And I felt like he'd be good. He can play a bad guy pretty mm-hmm. well. And then Robert Jameson. I had Steve Carell. Yes, 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 Which yes. is actually yes. funny. Love Do you watch... Too. The Morning Show? No, I haven't watched it, but I've heard you've told me to watch it several times. It's so good. But in the second season of The Morning Show, Steve Carell's character goes to Italy Mm -hmm. to, like, get out of New York and live by himself for a while. It's like, oh, that's kind of the season of life where we met Robert Jameson. Nothing happened bad to Robert Jameson. He just left because he wanted to hang out with his sister for more time. Um, Okay. Young Evelyn, I had Eva Mendez. She yes. can do a really good blonde. Yes. Um, Love I this feel like casting. she would be excellent. Young Celia St. James was Emma Stone. 
um, old Evelyn. So I had Tippi Hendren. That's in my head. I need to look up Tippi Hendren. So Tippi Hendren was in The Birds. And have you ever seen The Birds in the Alfred Hitchcock movie? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Right? I don't think she's Cuban or Spanish at all. But in my head, this Mm -hmm. woman was just an elegant older woman. And then old Celia St. James was Linda Cardinelli. And if you are not familiar with Linda Cardinelli, she was in Freaks and Geeks One and in Mad One of my favorite Men. shows. Freaks and Geeks, I rewatch it several times a year. It's so Linda good. Linda Cardinelli is a babe. She's such, I mean, yeah, she's a babe. Ageless. I think, I mean, not a ton of time passed between Freaks and Geeks and Mad Men and... That's gonna be a common thread. You'll you'll realize who are like what our favorite shows are. Yeah, for sure. Cast. <laughs> but, I yeah. love that one. I love it. Emma Stone is also exactly who I pictured as mm-hmm. young Cel- Celia St. James. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the name Celia St. James. Yeah, what I wouldn't same. give for a full a name that people had to say all of it. Yeah, I love it. Celia St. James. I have three you names. Can't say Celia. You say all three. Uh, yes, that's my favorite one. Was Emma Stone. Definitely pictured her. Mm-hmm. Anything with Linda Cardinelli, perfect. Mm-hmm. I also pictured an Eva Mendes sort of character for young Evelyn. <laughs> so, yeah, that's perfect. Oh, the one person I casting. forgot, I don't know how I missed this, Harry Cameron. I, again, I don't oh. want to, like, go too Mad Men here, but John Slattery, John this guy. His name isn't that familiar. Oh. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, yep. He's so handsome. That's a good one. Um, that's a really good one. Because Harry Cameron is one, too, where you might need a young Harry Cameron and an old mm-hmm. Harry Cameron. Yeah. I don't know who young him would be. I that guy Chris could probably Pine. pay him. Chris Pine is who uh, I picked. Maybe. He's I just like that guy could play him young and old. Yeah. He could dye his hair and he would look. Okay. I want a young John Slattery and then an old one. Yeah. I need him to age in the course of the film. Maybe. Did you have someone you pictured for Monique? Oh, I did not. Um, I did not. Who did you picture? I pictured Natalie Emanuel from mm. Game of Thrones. She was like Khaleesi's right-hand That's woman. That's perfect. That's how I pictured for Monique. Yeah. Because I think she had curly hair. I'm sh- yeah. I think she had curly hair. That's just, yeah. She's delightful. I love her. I think mm-hmm. I have a girl crush on her. So, um, Well, it's time for you to pick a book All right. next week. Well, we're taking it back to summer of 2021. Mm. We're taking it back to our fantasy roots. We're doing Ooh, a get me out full of where we are now. 180? 180. Mm-hmm. And we are going to do the Curse Breaker trilogy. Ooh, so three next books. three episodes will be about this trilogy. And we're going to start with A Curse So Dark and Lonely. It is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Don't let that turn you off. It is delightful. It is a fun read. This is what I read all summer of 2021 mm-hmm. while sitting in Mexico drinking margaritas I can't and eating wait. guacamole yeah it's so good i'm so excited i've been wanting to talk to you about this one uh look forward to talking to all of you about the curse breaker trilogy by bridget kimmerer go to your local library check it out support your library read band books all that jazz uh, thanks yeah. for reading with us and happy first day of summer yes it's gonna be a great summer yes we've all we've made it this far we're gonna live it up y'all so thanks for joining and we will see you next time all right see you later bye everyone bye <laughs>